On this episode of This Week in Linux, GNOME 3.30 and Firefox 62 are released, Traction 7, the digital audio workstation software, is now available for free, and KDE has released videos from Academy 2018. We also got some new distro news from Tails System Rescue CD, KOS, and Nitrix. There's some hardware news this week from Purism about a delay in the Librem 5. From Dell about a new laptop line that comes with Linux by default. Then later in the show, we'll take a look at some Linux gaming news from Humble Bundle, a fighting game on Linux, as well as an upcoming release from a Game of the Year winner thanks to Pharrell Interactive. All that and much more coming up. I'm Michael Tunnell with Tux Digital, and this is your source for Linux GNUs. This episode of This Week in Linux is sponsored by... Well, okay, it's not actually sponsored, but there's a shirt you can purchase that would benefit the show as well as the channel if you'd like to, and that is the Linux is Everywhere t-shirt. There's also a hoodie and some other stuff too if you'd like. But anyway, Linux is Everywhere is a shirt design that I created that celebrates the proliferation of Linux. Tux the Penguin is blended into the, the background to convey the message that whether you know that Linux is there or not, it probably is. If you'd like to, you can purchase his shirt uh, for shipping from North America by going to tuxdigital.com slash linuxeverywhere, or if you're in Europe, by going to tuxdigital.com slash linuxeverywhere EU. Up first in the show this week is GNOME 3.30 was released. GNOME 3.30 has a lot of improvements for performance, uh, especially the fix for the memory leak that they had a while back. Uh, they actually did already release this memory leak uh, patch to previous versions as like a backport type thing but if it comes by default in the latest version. And they've also made it like window switching and workspace switching faster, overall improvements to Wayland, and even some interesting improvements to the NVIDIA support for Wayland, uh, thanks to the updates to EGL streams that NVIDIA has worked on. They also added something really cool, which is support for Veracrypt inside of GNOME disks. Also TrueCrypt, but you know, TrueCrypt's kind of deprecated, it's pretty much so, so just Veracrypt. And they've also changed it where you can now get automatic updates for flatbacks, which is very nice. Uh, so overall, yeah, this is a uh, you know, welcomed update, and uh, thankfully there's no removing of features in this particular release, so that's good too. Uh, so yeah, if you're interested in checking it out more, you can go to the show notes to find a link to GNOME 3.30. Up next in the show is Firefox 62 has been released and has a lot of improvements. In fact, there's a lot of customizations that I, I kind of like. One of the things you can do in, on the, the new tab page used to be limited to two rows of top sites that you could pin and stuff. But now you can do up to four rows. And very nicely, like they're doing a lot of extra additions to the container system inside of Firefox, which you know I welcome as many customizations and improvements that they could for that. And that is, this time, is a reopen in container tab, or context menu option in the tab menu. So if you open a website inside of the Firefox browser, it'll open on the, in a tab bar. You can right-click the tab and say, reopen this particular website inside of whatever container you'd want to. So it's like a nice, quick way. If you forget that you, have, oh, you weren't in a particular container, it allows you to quickly switch that container without having to do any kind of like extra potential like transitioning that to into a, into a container which could have some security issues 
Whereas this way just kind of like reopens it. And that's a pretty cool idea. So they've also done a lot of interesting things for support on FreeBSD and some other things. I think one of the coolest things is they, they announced that starting with 62 and well, technically it's experimental in 62 and it's going to be aimed for like a future release. I'm pretty sure it was 65, but they're going to switch it into instead of having like do not track by default, it's going to will not track. So it won't allow you to, it won't even, they'll like block trackers on various websites by default. So the, the user would have to manually disable that blocking in order to allow that to happen. So that's pretty interesting. So 62 is when they are starting that approach and 65 is when they plan to, if it works out well anyway, is when they plan to like fully release it. So that's pretty good. That's pretty good news. Also, this week we got some news for Traction or T7 DAW, which is a digital audio workstation. Uh, Traction is a really cool application because it allows you to do basically do audio production and music production uh, through your on, on your Linux laptop. And this particular release of Traction is now a free download for Linux, so you can utilize it uh, completely for free. But it's not it's free as in gratis, not open source or anything like that. But this particular application used to be $59, and now they're releasing it for free. Now, in some places you might look at, there's some like news outlets that are saying that this is not a limited version of the application. And technically that's true. However, it's only true because this is a an older version of their newest stuff. So like... The way that Traction releases stuff, they have like a certain amount of time where after a certain amount of time they release it for free, but then there's still the current versions that are still $59. So uh, thanks to Scrapjaw Studios, uh, Scrapjaw let me know that that's how they structure it so that technically Traction 7 isn't uh, limited by feature-wise as far as like free versus pro, but it is limited in the comparison between the waveform version application, which is like T9 instead of T7. So it's really called Waveform 9, but it's essentially the same type of thing. But that's the kind of the difference. So it is still really cool that they're making it free, but it is, you know, not the latest version of their software. So just keep that in mind. But it is a fantastic software. And he did say it's one of the best options to use. So if you're interested in that, you can find a link in the show notes below. Also this week, KDE announced that they have officially released the videos for Academy 2018. So if you missed Academy and you would like to check out some videos from the event, you can find a link in the show notes there as to the kdeblog.org website as well as a link to the YouTube playlist if you'd like to watch it there. And there's quite a few things that were talked about at, at Academy this year including some really cool new plugins and things like that for the system, as well as some interesting discussions that were given that were not necessarily related to Plasma or KDE, but rather just FOSS in general and kind of like, um, well, political stuff in a way. So there was this one interesting um, talk that was given. It was about the mapping of crimes against humanity in North Korea. Now, that's a weird statement to make on a, a Linux news show. But this is an interesting uh, talk that you might want to check it out because it's basically saying is they're trying to keep track of things that were happening in the country that's not available to, you know, not, you're typically having interviews with people who left the country and things like that. So it's like, it's an interesting effort. 
and they're doing it all through open source in order to make sure that nothing is like uh, possibly to be manipulated in something in any way like that. So it's a really interesting topic that you might want to check out. And there's also another topic that's really cool about conquering the world. And yes, conquering with a K, naturally. Uh, <laughs> you can also see the ones they have another one about uh, incubating projects into the KDE community, as well as uh, Plasma, Plasma Mobile talk as well. So if you want to check that out, definitely check it out in the, uh, the show notes below. And this is really cool idea, is the KDE itinerary. And now this is essentially a plug-in for KML and some other things like that, where it allows you to see the itineraries of like flights and things like that. So you can essentially get like your list of where you're departing, the time, the gate, all that sent to your your computer, and then also you could then like take your boarding pass and put it on your phone and all kinds of stuff like that, and even see like weather forecasts for the the current your location for where you're departing from and where you're going to arrive at. Really cool idea. So if you haven't seen this, Google does something similar to that. And I, I think it's really cool that there's going to be like an open source solution. So if you'd like to find out more about that particular thing, you can find a link in the show notes. Up next in the show is Tails 3.9. Tails is an anonymous OS. And essentially, it's a, it's a dist- Linux distribution that is designed to have like very hardened security and, pr- and privacy-oriented uh, usage. So like it's basically just a live distro. So instead of having, it's typically meant to not store any data whatsoever. So you, you, you turn it on, you use it. And then when you turn it off, everything is just deleted and starts from, starts from new from the next time you use it. Um, it's a, it's, it's a very, very good distribution for, you know, privacy and security and things like that. So if you're doing something in like a, um, a public computer or something like that, like at a cafe or at a library or something like that, you could use Tails to make sure that there's no possibility that the, you know, the, the place you're at could log what you're doing. So anyway, if you, you want to check it out, there's a link in the show notes. And what's really cool about this is that they've added support for Veracrypt to the files and disk utilities, thanks to the work that the GNOME team was, has done for their, their latest releases. You can now, really cool feature I like, you can now install additional software automatically when you start Tails. So it'll have, you could say, because it's kind of annoying that you'd have to, like, it's cool, first off, it's cool that you have everything kind of deleted this, I mean, when, you boot, when you boot the system because that guarantees the security and privacy thing. But it is kind of irritating that you had to previously install the software manually every time you wanted to use it. And now this time you can just have it to automatically install that software rather than storing any data or having it you know, creating a whole new ISO or anything, it just like will start that. It will start the installation of that software for you. Very cool. So they also updated the Tor browser to 8.0, which is based on Firefox 60, the uh, extended support release, or ESR. And they've updated the Linux kernel to 4.17 with a bunch of security fixes. One of the known issues that they have is the speed of which Tails loads from a DVD has kind of pretty much doubled as in it's much slower, um, doubled in the amount of time it takes, not doubled in, but anyway, so it's much slower than previous releases, so they are working on that, so that's interesting. Anyway, but most who most people just use a USB drive to do that anyway, so at least that would. So if you're interested in checking out Tails OS 3.9, you can find a link in the show notes. 
Purism has announced that the Librem 5 phone has been delayed until April 2019. Unfortunately, they had to delay it because they found a silicon bug on the system on a chip that causes extreme battery draining. So essentially what happens is they said that if they were going to release this phone, this bug would have would cause a 100% battery to drain within an hour. So that would not be a good idea for them to ship it. I agree. It's unfortunate that they are having to delay it. Well, they're all, they're, there kind of was predictions in the community saying that there's very unlikely for them to be able to, ma- to meet that January 2019 uh, set you know, that, that set date. So this is not shocking to them. And in fact, they kind of said that it would be probably more like October, November before they ship it of next year. So we'll see if they're right about that or if Purism keep, uh, sticks to the, the April 2019 April, and able to meet that date. Hopefully they do because I want it as soon as possible because I can't wait to have a you know freedom-respecting phone because the state of Android and even iOS, not the best. I would prefer an actual Linux phone instead of, you know, anyway. They also said they're going to be shipping dev kits in October, barring any unforeseen circumstances. So another thing that they're doing, they already kind of announced this, but it's really cool that they've actually like said that this is going to happen, is that they're switching from the iMX6 to the iMX8M for the processor, which allows them to have a lot more power, um, a lot, like a, a modern 64-bit CPU, more GPUs uh, ability, uh, lower power consumption, and all kinds of stuff, while still being able to maintain the requirements in order to get the FSF's approval or endorsement for respecting your freedom. So that's very cool. Also very cool is Dell has announced the new developer edition for the Precision 5530. Now, this is a very nice laptop. Like it just it looks really good. It's really clean. It's a it's basically like an ultrabook, but it's a pretty powerful ultrabook. It's got a, a fifteen. It's a fifteen point six inch display, and they have support for uh, well graphics up to. It's like the default the basic one doesn't have this. If you want to, you can get an Nvidia Quattro P two thousand. So you can get some pretty powerful graphics chips and also pretty powerful uh, processors with the uh, Intel eighth gen. Uh, the core series, like the i5, i7, stuff like that. Even the i9 is possible, and Xeon processors are possible with this too. So, very cool. Uh, they have s- memory speeds up to three, uh, 32 gigabytes. So, for a very you know small, like, ultra-light laptop, you can get these very powerful computers. I mean, depending on what your selections are, you're, you're probably not going to get these, the absolute thinnest option, or, of course, but you know, it's still pretty cool that they're offering these things. And it comes pre-installed with Ubuntu 16.04 and therefore Unity. Uh, they've, they haven't really discussed whether they're going to upgrade those to 18.04 in the future. But it's more than likely is because they've been in production to create this new line of computers for a long time. They kind of had to settle on one. And they probably started doing this, you know, in the 2016-2017 era. So, you know, they, they can't really transition that quickly. Uh, but if you're interested, you can find a link to the show notes. Up next in the show is the release of 5.3 version for System Rescue CD. If you're not aware, System Rescue CD is a distribution that allows you to restore data and uh, do pro- like 
performance you know, improvements and stuff and rescue, you know, res basically it's a rescue disc, but there's other things it can do, like do partitioning and stuff like that to fix computers. And, you know, it even works on Linux and Windows. So if you have a computer for someone that you need to help, this is a good option for that. Uh, it allows you, it's, it's a distribution that's based on Gentoo, so it's very customized for specific use, use cases. Uh, I mean, in the case, that's why they used Gentoo, so they could do that. And they have a lot of uh, features that they could they offer with like Gparted, uh, file system archiver, and other file system tools as well. So you can do all kinds of things like editing partitions and things like I said. Uh, what is really cool is I got an information from Ryan or Das Geek from Destination Linux that he recently used it along with DD Rescue to recover like thousands of family photos from it for his friend that had like like had a big problem with their computer and they took it to a bunch of repair shops and they all said it was impossible to do it and it, he took it to Ryan and Ryan was able to use System Rescue CD to get all those files back including like pictures of his kids and things like that that they all thought were completely gone so you shouldn't have to use these things because you should be making backups but it's really cool that they do exist because that way if you forget to make a backup at some point you're not completely you know screwed over so that, that you know thank you for making this again uh, if you want to check it out system rescue cd and 5.3 also speaking of destination linux this latest episode of destination linux that's coming out this week uh, on wednesday we talked about a variety of things including the latest release of kos and nitrix and yes i'm pretty sure it's kos not chaos it'd be kind of fun if it was chaos but you know anyway so if you're interested, you can check out the more details about what ha what we thought about in that, that particular episode for Destination Linux. But just to cover a couple things, uh, KOS is a not necessarily an Arch distribution. It's, it's inspired by Arch, and there's a few things that are very similar, like they both use Pac-Man and stuff like that, but it's not a based on Arch. But one of the things I really like about KOS is the Croeso welcome screen application. Croeso is really, really cool. It allows you to, to change so many things really simply. Oh, it's based on Plasma, by the way, if you're not aware. And it allows you to, this Croeso system allows you to easily switch your monitor and like your monitor display structure and stuff like that, your, your desktop theme, your icon themes, the colors of the applications, all kinds of stuff, really quickly and easily too. Now, there's this really cool feature that Plasma has where you can be prompted for just like deciding how your monitors are laid out when you connect a secondary monitor. So for example, if you have one monitor, it you know, ex acts as you expect it to be. You plug in another monitor and a little pop-up comes up and says, do you want to extend this? Or do you like, you want to extend it to the left or to the right? Or do you want to, you know, you know, how do you want to do that? Like mirror the different de desktops and stuff like that. So it's really cool that that exists, but there's kind of a problem with that particular feature. So for example, mine, my problem with that is that I have two monitors for, uh, my main computer, and unfortunately, the secondary monitor is always detected as the primary monitor because of the order it is, it is seen on the motherboard. Uh, that's unfortunate, but it happens in every DE, and pretty much no DE has a solution for that, so I have to go in and manually change it. It's unfortunate, but you know it is what it is. However, very cool is that KOS has a solution for that inside of the CrowSO system. So by, by having such a quick access to the display settings, I can quickly move around the, uh, the different locations for the monitors and also choose the primary 
very simply. And I, I really like that because it really, it made it a much easier experience in order to do it. So I really like that. Uh, Nitrix is also a plasma based desktop, uh, desktop distro that you could check out. And what it's really cool for is that it's got a very nice polished design and it kind of reminds me of like an elementary via plasma. So if you're interested in checking that out, you can find a link to the, both of these distros in the show notes as well as a link to destination Linux as well. So you can go to destinationlinux.org. Well, technically not until Wednesday is when that episode comes out, but you know, anyway, if you're interested, you should totally check it out. Up next in the show is Canonical's uh, announcement that they're doing a revamp for Software Center. Not necessarily an announcement, more of a, you know, noticing the commits and stuff like that, but uh, OMG Ubuntu made an, wrote an article about this particular revamp and showing mock-ups for what it could be looking like. It's really good because they're saying that they're making a whole redesign to the Ubuntu software app, which is based on GNOME software. And I, I agree that they should do it because the GNOME software is kind of limited in its functionality as far as discovery goes. It kind of assumes you already know what you're looking for, and that's not really a good way to do it. So I do. I think that their the decision to you know improve it and make it easier to find new applications and stuff like that is a really good idea. It, it appears that they've kind of taken inspiration for the way that the App Store from Apple is is designed, and that's you know kind of interesting because it, it is a decent App Store. So uh, I'm I'm curious to see what like the final product looks like. But one of Canonical's um, employees said, uh, Matthew Paul Thomas said that the more interesting we can make the front page, the more likely people are to return and to encounter software that is useful to them. That is absolutely true, because the front page is probably the most important page, you know, uh, naturally, of course, uh, but the the previous, the current front page for the Ubuntu software or software center is not really um, that useful. It's just like a couple icons for a few applications that they probably already heard of, so it's good that they have that there, but it would be nice if there was a, a way to add some discoverability like uh, featured list or things like that. Uh, and they did say that they are looking into adding something like that to the to the new application or, or the new revamp. So I look forward to seeing what they accomplish in the next release. So if you'd like to read the article, you can go check it out in the show notes below. Up next in the show is the Humble Unity Bundle based on the Unity 3D game engine. And there's a lot of games that are both, you know, a lot of games that are Windows and Linux. So there's um, there's more Windows naturally, but uh, the games that are available for Linux are pretty cool. Like uh, for only $1, you can get Oxenfree, which is a pretty cool game. So if you haven't tried that out, it might be worth do- doing. Uh, you can also, if you pay a little bit more, you can for the, the whatever the current average is at the time of your purchase, you know, uh, you can get Wasteland 2 and Final Station. I've not tried either one of those, so I um, might potentially look into it. The two games that are available for the, if you pay $15 or more of the maximum tier, is Torment Tides of Numenera. Numenera? That's probably wrong, like really badly wrong. But let's go with that, Numenera. Shadow Tactics, Blades of the Shogun. That's pretty cool. Uh, It doesn't necessarily display that it has support for Linux, but it, it is a Linux game, so it should work. So anyway... If you uh, also there's a, like a universal sound effects collection thing inside of the the Unity like for the Unity game engine and that technically since it's just sounds it should work fine. Anyway, if you're interested in checking this out, you can find a link to the uh, show notes and to the oh by the way, uh, just to be clear, 
the link in the show notes for the Humble Unity Bundle is an affiliate link that will contribute a small percentage to the purchase for Tux Digital so if, and, this, and this show. So if you'd like to uh, purchase this bundle, I would appreciate it for you for to use that affiliate link. It would help to the channel. So anyway, you'll find a link to that to the games in the show notes below. Up next in the show is some more gaming news. One of the things that I'm really interested in is fighting games. And unfortunately, Linux has not had many fighting games or really any for a very long time. I think there might be one or two now. But uh, when I saw this, I just had to add it to the show because uh, this is called Fantasy Strike. It is an interesting like uh, style design, like kind of shell shaded, uh, cell shaded type game, and it's a fighting game similar to you know how like Street Fighter and things like Tekken and things like that. But it's a very approachable fighting game, and the way they did it is like they make it is um, you know easy to learn how to use the game and how to play and how to like it's. They basically described it as a game that's easy to use, very hard to master which I think is a fantastic thing. If you can balance that kind of thing, that's really cool. So if you're interested, you can find a link to the show notes, uh, but it, on Steam as well as um, you know other, maybe, I think it's on other other things as well, uh, but I'll have a link in the, in the show notes for that if you'd like. So uh, this is pretty cool, but unfortunately I wanted to let you know that it is in early access, so it's not like a full-fledged game, so there might be bugs here and there, but I'm still really happy to see that you know, more fighting games, or maybe even, I, this might be the first one, but it might not be, I don't remember. But either way, still looks good, and I can't wait to try it. Also this week, actually not this week, it's, uh, well technically it is this week, anyway, this episode is being streamed live on Saturday before the release on Monday, so if you'd like to join in the live chat room, you, you know, definitely do that. We do it on Saturdays, uh, tentatively scheduled you can just check out thehugsdigital.com slash thisweekinlinux to find out what this live time is scheduled for. On the 10th is when this episode has been re- is going to be released, and on the 13th is when Life is Strange Before the Storm is released for Linux. Feral Interactive has, this, has been working on this game port for Life is Strange, and this has a lot of people excited. I haven't actually tried this game, but I look forward to doing so because it has it's, it's won Game of the Year, uh, best gameplay awards, all kinds of stuff, and it's considered by a lot of people to be a must-play game. So I guess I must play it. <laughs> so if you're interested in checking it out, it's a very like captivated storing, storytelling game, and uh, the, the main focus of the game is the storytelling, so it's a really cool idea. If you haven't like seen this, heard this before, there actually is a way to play the first episode from like the previous version of the game of Life is Strange Episode 1. I'm pretty sure it's free to play, so if you haven't tried it, you might want to. And um, if I'm correct about it being free, I definitely will try it. So uh, you can find a link to both the Before the Storm link as well as the Episode 1, provided that I'm correct about it being free, in the show notes below. Thanks for watching this episode of This Week in Linux. If you like what I do here on the show, please like that smash button and be sure to subscribe. If you'd like to support the channel, we have multiple ways to contribute via PayPal, Patreon, or the Linux Everywhere t-shirt. You can find out more by going to tuxdigital.com contribute. If you'd like some more podcasting goodness from me, then check out the latest episode of Destination Linux, which is episode 86, where we interviewed Matthew Miller of Fedora. Destination Linux interviews aren't your average interview, because we go very in-depth with our questions. In some shows, interviews might be 
five to ten minutes long of the content. But we devote the entire show to the interview. So it can be around an hour or more of in-depth discussion. So if you like that, if you're interested in that, be sure to go to DestinationLinux.org. Just a reminder, the show is live every Saturday, so join us in the live chat room to discuss all the latest Linux news each week. Go to TuxDigital.com slash ThisWeekInLinux and scroll down to see the scheduled stream time as well as the time zone converter that will help you convert the, the schedule time to the time in your area. Thanks again for watching. I'm Michael Tunnell with Tux Digital, and as always, keep using, learning, and enjoying Linux. <laughs>